A prominent Christian organization not named the Southern Baptist is refusing calls for a deeper look into allegations of widespread sexual abuse. We'll have the latest. Also, Notre Dame fire truthers are already a thing, and they're coming out of the woodwork with conspiracy theories about the tragedy in Paris. And lastly, a measles outbreak in the U.S. is now the highest in two decades. That's all ahead. This is Relevant Daily. Hey everyone, I'm Cameron Strang and welcome to Relevant Daily, where we bring you what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture. All those stories are coming up, but first, I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all possible with Squarespace. And right now, Squarespace is offering Relevant Daily viewers a special deal. Head over to squarespace.com relevant for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your website, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I've used Squarespace for years. You'll love it. Trust me. Okay, to tell us about those stories, here's our senior editor, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, Tyler. Hey, Cameron. Okay, so the first story comes to us from Sovereign Grace Churches. It was formerly called Sovereign Grace Ministries. Uh, They spent the last few years, actually, fielding accusations that they mishandled uh, accusations of sexual abuse. They've been covering it up. In fact, a a lot of former members of Sovereign Grace Churches say that as a matter of internal principle, um, that the church's practice was to avoid law enforcement and deal with claims of sexual abuse internally. Uh, These claims reached the point where various Christian leaders started to distance themselves from Sovereign Grace and its former leader, C.J. Mahaney. Uh, Southern Baptist Theological Seminary President Al Mohler even said he regretted standing by Mahaney. He apologized. Um, And many people and even organizations called on Sovereign Grace to conduct an internal investigation, but they have announced that they are refusing to do that. They say they, quote, want the truth to be known about these allegations, but they will, quote, not recommend a third party independent investigation of our denomination. Okay, did they say why? They wrote a very long statement about why, but the crux of it kind of boils down to two things. They think it's unfair and they think it's impractical. Um, the first the first part about it being unfair has to do with they don't think it's uh, fair that the entire denomination should be subjected to an investigation over the claims that centered around just a few of the churches. And they say it's impractical just in terms of the resources and financially speaking to conduct an investigation like this. Um, they have, uh, this is a quote from their statement. They say to subject any church to an external investigation based on ups- unsubstantiated online allegations from the premise of, of a presumption of guilt requiring compliance with requests of an investigator the church did not choose is unwarranted, prejudicial, and singularly unjust. <laughs> Yeah, inconvenient. Uh, what's been the response? Well, that's kind of, kind of what you said, sort of a, a little bit of disbelief. Um, it hasn't been super positive. Uh, the question about why they're so resistant to this investigation, if they have nothing to hide, has come up a lot. Rachel Denhollander is sort of a, a rising star in the movement among Christians to advocate for sexual abuse survivors. And she said, quote, every institution that desires to pursue truth and accountability must sift through these questions and Numerous Christian experts are available to help properly exegete biblical standards of justice and accountability. 
Uh, Den Hollander pointed out that she's actually already answered many of these possible issues. Uh, she even offered to help fundraise to cover the cost of a third-party investigation, and she'd pointed them towards the folks over at Grace, Boz Tavillian, who, of course, uh, has an organization that will come in and help churches and parachurch organizations to deal with the claims of sexual abuse. So, uh, in, in her mind, and certainly in the mind of many people who have brought these abuse allegations to the spotlight, uh, this is a very uh, unfortunate and inadequate response. Wow. And it seems like nothing anybody can do about it. Exactly. Uh, so t- uh, tell us, <laughs> apparently now there are conspiracy theorists about the Notre Dame tragedy. Yeah, this is almost part of the expected news cycle. Now, whenever there's a major tragedy, like what happened at the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, on the immediate aftermath of the fire, there were lots of social media accounts, even some of the ones with the blue check marks, who were spreading baseless information about the fire. There were allegations of arson, especially arson by Muslims. So those were, of course, uh, disputed by the authorities there themselves, who say the fire was accidental. Uh, there are people who say they saw Muslims cheering the fire. There's certainly no proof of that anywhere. One widely shared tweet said Congresswoman Ilhan Omar here in the States uh, was saying that the fire was a case of Notre Dame reaping what it sowed. She did not say that. Uh, One very disturbing and very viral case was a YouTube video that went viral of a man shouting Allahu Akbar over footage of the fire. That was a fake, but it was shared 200,000 times before it was removed. And and Cameron, what this really shows is that social media still is just very unequipped to deal with the sort of white nationalist conspiracy theories that we're seeing at the outset of these tragedies. Um, There's just not enough people there working to try to stem the tide of these to keep up with how fast these stories spread. And they make it to blue checkmarked accounts and even into some mainstream cable news cycles before they're shut down and proven to be false. Okay, and finally, speaking of conspiracies, um, one is leading to a measles outbreak. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's, it's the highest spike in measles here in the U.S. in nearly two decades. Uh, back in 2000, of course, measles in the U.S. stopped being considered an endemic disease thanks to vaccinations. But now it's on the rise again, uh, and that's thanks to a few factors. But one of the big ones is, of course, the anti-vaxxer movement, or what the uh, World Health Organization calls vaccine-hesitant people who refuse to vaccinate their children, uh, some for religious reasons, some because of science skepticism, often a little bit of the two mixed together. Um, The high spike in New York, of course, led to a state of emergency declaration from Mayor Bill de Blasio there who mandated vaccinations. Uh, And now the state of New York is being sued by five parents who say that vaccines goes against their religious beliefs. Uh, So it's a very uh, distressing time, especially for parents of children who aren't able to take the vaccine, uh, who are now being exposed to a much higher risk of measles uh, because of this anti-vaxxer movement that we're seeing here in the States. Yeah, I I was reading about this, that that it's happening. Because uh, in 2000, it was eliminated. There were zero cases of the, of the measles reported in the U.S. And it's highly contagious. Uh, it's mm-hmm. airborne. If somebody in your area or near you and you're not vaccinated, sneezes or coughs, you are highly likely to get contaminated or get catch the virus. And uh, apparently, even though it was eliminated in the U.S. in 2000, because people are traveling internationally, specifically Southern America and some other, or South America and some other uh, continents where it isn't eliminated. And then they're not vaccinated. They catch it, they bring it back and it spreads in especially urban populations. So that's why there's two big outbreaks in New York itself. And they're trying to uh, change the law there. It'll be interesting to see how religious freedoms versus the uh, health of the nation uh, play out here in that situation. It's be interesting. 
It's one of those difficult tensions. It's really sad. All right. Well, thanks, Tyler. Hey, to read more about those stories and everything else we're covering today, make sure to check out the homepage at relevantmagazine.com. We update it all the time. Also, for the latest, make sure to follow Relevant on social media. We're on Twitter at Relevant, on Facebook, and on Instagram at Relevant Magazine. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our print magazine the best thing we do, and our other podcasts. Well, we're here every weekday bringing you the latest at the intersection of faith and culture. Thanks for listening. This is Relevant Daily.